Alright guys, welcome to the 38th episode of Below the Bar. In this episode, expect to find out why everyone will be driving a Tesla in a few years, how easy it is to get your hands on a sniper rifle in the United States, and what you have to do to get thrown out of Joe Rogan's comedy club. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Brummy Brothers podcast. We are behind schedule. And Massively Shep, behind schedule. And Shep doesn't know what's going on, so that's a good start. That's normal, though. Eddie's taking the lead on the planning again. I had one week of planning Eddie's episode, and then I've, I've wrapped again. Yeah, well, we've assumed our normal positions. Yeah, so hopefully this one's a bit smoother than last week, because that was, that was very much cuffed. Yeah, so basically, we had the interview last week. If you haven't watched that, go back and watch it. Find out what makes me tick, what got me into coaching. Uh, this week is going to be another catch-up, because we haven't done a catch-up episode for about two weeks now, and we've done quite a lot since then. Yeah, a lot of a lot's happened, so we're going to have to update you all. And then we we will interview our long-awaited housemate for a, a, at some point before we leave. Eventually. But, um, he's quite a hard man to pin down. Yeah, and if we get him talking, it will be about a three-hour three hour episode. He's so been, yeah. We've got to clear the calendar a bit. He's been playing hard target with us for three weeks. <laughs> playing hard to get. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, do you want to kick start? We, we'll go through segments, obviously, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. usual structure now for all the regular listeners. So we'll do Helmet of the Week. Then we'll get into the main body. Okay. Then we'll do Underrated, Overrated. And we'll finish with Reasons to be Cheerful. Yeah. So, That's good because I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes thinking of an Underrated, Overrated. <laughs> Fantastic. It's uh, mad that because you didn't know that was coming. Yeah. Because we've only done that segment for about the best part of a year now. About 30 episodes. Yeah. yeah it's good. Um. Okay, so Helmet of the Week. Helmet of the Week. This was only yesterday, so I'll let you take the lead, because you're, you're sort of the, the quiz master general. Yeah, so I have tried to structure this podcast chronologically so you don't get confused. We're going to try and go through everything that we've done in order, but the Helmet of the Week isn't chronological. Yeah. Because as Shep said, it happened yesterday. So this week's Helmet of the Week... Hit, bear with us. He's a quiz master. Yeah. Um, so, for context, our first pub quiz that we went to in America was at our local, randomly, our local coffee shop. That's also a pub. Um, and we went to this quiz, expecting it to, it was started at 8 o'clock, expected it to be about an hour and a half, maybe. Um, it's obviously a weeknight, so we're thinking surely they'll wrap it up. Uh, at about quarter to nine, we still hadn't resumed the second half of the fucking quiz. Yeah, so we probably naively uh, expected it to be a lot like UK pub quiz culture, where like it's survival of the fittest, the questions come thick and fast, half the battle is actually getting down your answer in time. Yeah, keeping up basically is half yeah, the battle. Yeah, it? literally. Scribing. Uh, America, unsurprisingly, takes a very different approach to quizzes. So very lackadaisical. Very lackadaisical, laissez-faire, you know, like you, you no fast, no hard and fast rules, so just kind of, and they, they gave a question and gave you about a minute to 90 seconds to answer the question. Well, so we, so we, we got 30 questions in 90 minutes, didn't we? Yeah, so I don't know if anyone wants to do a math breakdown on that, but it's not a good question per minute ratio. That. Yeah, exactly. So assuming that there's quite a prolonged pause between each round, you're talking like two minutes per question, which is mental. Yeah, that's mad. And oh, uh, oh, yeah, we should say we've got a live studio audience for the first time ever. First time ever. So I mean, if you're, if any of you are lucky enough, you might get invited out yourselves. James, you want to say hello? Hi, folks. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that. Jack, we've got a mate stopping with us at the moment from Boston, uh, and that will become clear as we as we go through chronologically. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, this helmet of the week was was basically the the quiz master just for taking so so long. He's taking a lifetime to get through a quiz of about fucking fifty questions. He was also DJing between questions, which with was, no theme, which was a maverick move to say the least. I think he was like soft launching his DJ career as he as he as he goes through. Yeah. So I mean, there's not much else to say about that. It's not. It's not it like just it. it just jarred us out because we hadn't budgeted that amount of time for that. In individual activity and it was already getting late but but we we ended up leaving about 60% of the way through the quiz because it was already like 10pm 10, 10 and we had another fucking two rounds to go as a general rule of thumb if you're starting a quiz and you've got people leaving midway through the quiz because they're fucking bored that's not a great rate of return is it in my opinion quizzes on the whole are pretty low entertainment value yeah so you need so you've got to, to keep the energy up. Exactly. So and as if things weren't fucking laxadaisical enough, they'd put some like mental Australian nature documentary on in the background. Yeah, which they handpicked. Yeah. Not some kind of like fast paced like cheetah chasing down an antelope. Well, it's like, just like, be, or like best fails or something. Yeah, fail, and it fail was just, just a koala scrambling a fucking leaf. Yeah, which, which doesn't, doesn't really, really put you in the kind of like heightened mindset that you need when you are kind of like elite quizzing elite quizzing about fucking like American sitcom shows and stuff um, so the, we won't get into the questions some of them were shit as well um, but he, he's already tarred his reputation enough we don't even need to with, un- he, with his tempo we don't even need to unpack the question yeah like. I mean the questions were terrible but <clears throat> two of them were exactly the same basically weren't they yeah what, what, what were they? do you remember that, do you remember that yeah one? so it was which which TV station did the show Cops originally air on in one round and then oh, yeah. the, the round later he basically just repurposed the same question but changed the TV <laughs> show so to which we put the same answer for both because we had no idea because I only know one US cable sh- yeah. uh, network but we didn't get our answers Mark so for my money we won that's the best way to do a quiz really what you do is you win the first three rounds and then kind of like leave and don't get that confirmed and then denied. don't and then don't win the quiz it's like you're too cool for like the affirmation. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. We had, we had better things to do, unfortunately. Um, anyway, well, do you want to go through... Where, where did you start this? I don't even know. So I preps. started at San Antonio, because to be honest, my uh, memory doesn't go back any further than that. Okay, so this is our NBA appearance. I think we, we left play. the last <laughs> catch-up episode on the, the premise that we were going to San Antonio to watch the NBA the following week. Okay. So if you've watched the last catch-up episode, this should make sense. Okay, and if you haven't, then spoiler alert. <laughs> we went to see the NBA um, like two Fridays ago or something. Yeah, so, so we basically took a day trip to San Antonio, which is the sixth most populous city in the US. Yeah, so also, I'm told. Well, so basically, the reason for this Austin doesn't have any professional sports teams other than a soccer team. Which is we, who aren't even playing in Austin while we're here. So we're like, we've got to go. We've got to go go to a. Um, American sports event at some point while we're here for six weeks so surely there's one and the closest thing is San Antonio which is about a 90 minute drive about 80 miles away isn't it yeah which um, sounds a lot further than it actually is because in the US like highways are just straight it's just point to point isn't it yeah literally it's not it's, it's so like it's literally as the crow flies yeah it's like driving from Manchester uh, Manchester Birmingham kind of deal similar similar kind of thing so it was just straight on the highway and we got there like midday I think yeah ish. so we basically spent all, the whole day yeah we basically all took the day off and I dragged you to the Alamo yeah bit of history for Rex bit of history there if anyone doesn't know what the Alamo is go and google it 
Yeah, well, do you want to briefly explain? Uh, okay, so it is a historically significant site that played quite a crucial role in, I believe, the Mexican War of Independence, which then led to Texas's independence from Mexico. Okay, and then Texas joined the United States after that. Yeah, and then Texas yeah. was annexed by the United States. So if you didn't know, Texas actually used to belong to Mexico before it was in the United States. And then it was his own thing, wasn't it? And it was also independent Separately. for a bit, yeah. yeah. So we're learning so much. See, I mean, it's education, all sorts. So so uh, we went to the Alamo, like Ed said. Then we went for a bit of scran at the most wild fucking rainforest cafe that was the weirdest thing so I've ever been to. We, we need to unpack that because there is a rainforest cafe in the UK, but I, I think there's only one in London. Oh, is there? Okay. So is it the same kind of vibe? Yeah. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's like you're in a fucking rainforest. So like the entire decor of the cafe is like moulded to that of the interior of a rainforest. Yeah, and then and it has like the animals you might find in a rainforest, but they're like obviously fake animals. Yeah, they're all like well, they, anim- they come to life life every kind of five minutes and it really really freaks you out. Yeah, they're all animatronic, so like sporadically they will burst into life. Like they're obviously on a timer or something. So like midway through your scran, yeah. you could feasibly get startled by like a gorilla or something. Which did happen. Um and the scra- the scram was alright. Uh, but San Antonio is actually really cool. We were promised by a certain individual that it was terrible. Um, yeah. And do you want to do you want to name that individual? Nah, uh, we'll leave that. So <laughs> we basically they said it was ghetto, and for me, ghetto I picture like Detroit, like downtown Detroit. And we got there, and it was like there was a fucking lazy river going through the city. It was, it like, was it, yeah, it was no more ghetto than Austin. Yeah, it was, there was there was nothing about that that was ghetto at all. We went for that mental random scran and then went to what was that donut place voodoo donuts voodoo donuts which was which was recommended to you wasn't it yeah by another individual yeah who will remain nameless uh as a (laughs) um so i mean that that was kind of a good afternoon i think it was cool i like san antonio it was hard for hard for jim a little bit by the coffee situation wasn't it do you want to go into that or should we let him should we let him air his grievances when we get him on yeah, we'll do Because at some fine. point he will talk about caffeine because it is intrinsic to his personality. So It's a large part of his life, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll leave Respect that story that. for you. But uh, Jim lost his head, to say the least. Yeah, but for the first time, actually. So, I mean, it was interesting to see what actually makes Jim tick. And it, and it seems to be poor coffee. So we then went to, the, obviously, the game. and That was pretty cool, to be fair. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I'm glad that we chose basketball out of like the prominent American sports to go and watch because I can get behind basketball. It's a great sport to watch. It's like, so a, good. A point every like second. We were saying this, yeah. So it suits you because it's very end to end. Yeah. But like, if you actually unpack it, kind of like from an athletic perspective, like they're amazing athletes as well. Yeah, and if anyone's ever played basketball, they'll realise that. I remember playing it like twice in PE, and I was absolutely written off. Yeah, mate. They're so fit though. They make it look easy. Well, no. So we had, we had a guy um, on my PRMC in the Marines who was a semi-pro rugby player, and he won the bleep test without even like sweating. Yeah, Cause well, because the, the, the it sport is, is basically a bleep test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It? It literally. So like me and James the other day. So like where we train it on it at the minute, we did like a one-on-one little game. Yeah. For about fifteen twenty minutes. You know what the score was after fifteen minutes? Nil nil. Nil nil. <laughs> Because maybe like, just great defending. Yeah, but it's easy for like. Yeah, I wouldn't put it to that. It's easy when you just kind of like got a free throw. Yeah. But like yeah. the actual added pressure of like trying to get 
get a shot away with someone marking well, you makes it so much more difficult. So, like, imagine trying to get a shot away when the bloke in front of you is seven foot four. Well, that's what I mean. So, the thing <laughs> is, you were getting defended by someone who's like five foot nine or ten. The bloke in <laughs> who plays for uh, the San Antonio Spurs is seven foot four. So, can you imagine trying to pop that over him? Yeah. You'd have absolutely no chance. Do you know, actually, I don't know who I was with when I found this out. Maybe, I don't know if it was you. Do you know who the shortest ever NBA player is? No, tell me. Well, I don't know who it is, but how tall he is. Five foot three. That's mental, you know. Imagine him playing next to Wemby. Fucking that would look absolutely ridiculous. Well, I'd look like a dwarf next to Wemby. He was like, was he 26, James, or something? We've got our own Jamie. Ma- <laughs> Pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> We've turned into the Joe Rogan podcast That's eventually. Uh, the, uh, it's a 26 there you go. There you go. 14. That's, that's wild, really, when you think, because all of those players are like over 6'6 six, six that we, that we yeah, saw, yeah. I, I think. So imagine just a random five foot three bloke just milling around. I reckon he just runs through their legs and shit. That was prob- they probably would get to a point where the, the rest of the team and opposition are so tall being a bit shorter actually comes as an advantage low centre of gravity probably yeah, quite agile you can just fucking nip in and out of people yeah I reckon like well that assist stat pads that out but probably shooting isn't maybe his strong point but like getting into missions then giving it to the tall bloke yeah I don't think he's got many dunks to his name put it that way <laughs> yeah unless he's Ben Simons uh, right okay so that's San Antonio actually as well to be fair so the San Antonio Spurs are like rock bottom of their like conference league this season I think yeah uh, but I was impressed by the standard, which just shows how fucking good the NBA actually is. Well, yeah, so even if you watch... Sometimes in the bars here, you have, like, college basketball on. Even if you watch that, it looks pretty good. Like, they look... Yeah. Like, they could be pros. So, the NBA is obviously a step up, from a massive step up from that. So, like, it's it's super impressive to watch. And, like Ed was saying, if you've actually played it a little bit, you realise actually how difficult it is and how easy they make it look. Yeah, they were doing some three uh, free throws before we, before they started, and basically they just didn't miss. Yeah, every single one of them. It's was just like, muscle. It's just muscle memory, yeah, isn't it? It was wild. So it, that was that was a cool experience. Uh, if you're ever in America, I would recommend an NBA game. Um, or if you get the chance in the UK, play some basketball because it's good fizz. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. Um, are you going to do that when you get back? I think so. My dad plays on a Friday. Does he? Yeah. There you go. It's a veterans game, so you'll be, you'll be my, like that five foot three. Guy. <laughs> good for my ego, that. <laughs> yeah, trust. You still probably lose. Um, right. Okay. okay so next, the next section we're moving into is food. Okay. Got, this is an umbrella, an umbrella term for all the various different scran that we've eaten. Okay. Is, is there any notable mentions for yourself? So, so I've written down some, but you've obviously scrammed more than me, so you can sprinkle a few more on if you want. Okay, cool. So I had a Popeyes. Me and James oh, yeah, had a Popeyes. I actually haven't had that yet. Yeah, that's kind of like KFC. Out of seven? Out of seven? Yeah. That's yeah. awkward, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, in terms of... <laughs> <laughs> Make you think. Well, I've, I've already said this to you before, so you'll probably laugh. Like, In terms of taste, I'd give it like a six or a seven, but it was entirely nutritionally redundant. Yeah, correct. Is Well, it depends... What you're after yeah. for that meal, doesn't it? Because if if you're there for the nutritional content, then it's probably probably not ideal. But uh, purely for taste points, then it probably it probably scores quite high. I haven't actually done that yet. Maybe I'll have to go to Popeyes before we leave. You've had a Chick Fil A though, haven't you? Yeah, Chick Fil A was okay. It was Which is, almost like a Mackey's burger, really. It's kind of the like Popeyes and Chick Fil A are well, to my understanding, to my understanding, basically the same thing. Yeah, well, they're, they're chicken. And they sell fried food. chicken and yeah. their fast food yeah. joints, so. 
There's not too much difference. The okay, what was your next one? Uh, La Barbecue. La Barbecue. We did that Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, so for the uninitiated, this is basically another kind of upmarket barbecue joint in the same way that like Terry Black's and Pokey Joe's are. Yeah, probably a bit more upmarket than Pokey Joe's. I think Pokey Joe's is a chain, isn't it? Um, So the other two are independent barbecue places that are kind of highly recommended and rated um, throughout Austin. And there's fucking loads of them. There's about probably 10 that are world class if you you want to put that up that way that's how they kind of market themselves anyway. um, and it was extremely good very expensive again and for what you get probably you know not a amazing rate of return but the only reason they could put their prices so high is because they're kind of world renowned or certainly like na- nationally renowned it was good but then again I paid $46 for a glorified hot pork sandwich yeah it's true Yeah, my, I definitely got undercharged mate. mine was $33 that's, yeah because we had the same amount of food I'm pretty we ba- sure. We basically have the same thing as well. Well, uh, did you have two half pound things? Yeah. Uh, did you have a half pound and a quarter pound? Right, so you had less yeah, meat. Okay. Maybe but that's it's, it. Mate, it's a bit fucking gimmicky that I was thinking about that. You know, it's like how they measure it in pounds. Because if you have something that's kind of like, if you have the brisket or the pulled pork, a lot of that is just fucking moisture anyway. Sauce. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, so they fucking Jim fu- did it right then. He had the fucking turkey, the driest thing. Driest fuck, yeah. So he yeah. actually like bang pound, for buck. Bang for buck, he probably got the best kind of protein return. Bird for buck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um I th- I thought the barbecue was really good. I would go back. I think it's probably better than Terry Black's, I would say. Would you agree? So of the three, I still stand by Pokey, Pokey Joe's as the top just because you get good value for money. Yeah. And like right. the taste is kind of it's marginally yeah it's it's it it's is marginal. marginally poorer but i think for what you actually get you can look past that yeah i would say it's probably like a it's, it's a maybe a 15% reduction in taste and then i would put la barbecue because it is good even though you pay quite a lot and then right at the very bottom is terry black mate that is so overrated i i lost my head in terry yeah, black yeah it's true i mean eddie's only just recovered from that experience at terry black um i laugh about it now but it did cost me a lot of sleep this night <laughs> So I'm assuming the reason more though. So this is the problem because now we've only got a few weeks left and our time is limited. I've basically left a lot of recommended, highly recommended food places on the table, which means I'm going to spend a lot of fucking money in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Um, there's a lot of certain individuals have given you recommendations that are now kind of like backlogged. Yeah, that I haven't been to. You need to get through all of them before we go over. Yeah, so one notable mention that we have done that was recommended um, was Pokey Pokey, which is obviously Pokey Bowls, but it's like Pokey Bowls in, in Austin seem to be quite popular anyway, but like normally they're um, like we went to the other day, that, that like Chipotle esque one where it's like a bit like Subway and you kind of go along the thing and, and build your own. Um, this one was a little different in terms of it was like a little hole in the wall and you sat outside. But the food was phenomenal. I have to take it. I don't you really so I, fucked with Pokeballs. Yeah, so I wasn't privy to this. I was on one of my episodes. So I had to I had to stay at home. Uh, we had to leave Eddie at home. But I'm, I'm on an in upper. The dark. I'm on an upper today, which is why I'm a bundle of energy. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get some mushrooms in a minute. So, um, so that was that was cool. I'm going to have to take you there. I don't, have you had Pokey before? Have you done that? No. So it's basically just cold fish and sushi rice. Yeah, see, I'm not a massive fan of cold scrant. Like, I could take or leave sushi. Well, I can as well. Uh, but this this is this, it's, it's very flavoursome. It feels quite healthy. And it feels quite... Um, is that marketing or is it actually healthy? No, because it's like... It's rice and it's 
good quality salmon and stuff so it's right okay it, it does add to it is it like is it so like the other pokey place that we went to is all very like white so it kind of like signifies like cleanliness and yeah yeah is so it a bit like that is it a bit wanky it's very wanky the place we went yeah, to was on the same street as the barbecue but you and jim love that yeah it's we quite did. wanky it's quite on brand for us that yeah, yeah. cold scrunch you pay more for fucking cold food you get on board with all that that's all good isn't it yeah it's quality that so basically there's one on south congress that apparently is better that you can sit in but this one was like I say outside um and this one was on the same street as the barbecue right okay yeah so uh that was really cool we then went to this place called gordo's donuts so I have to shout someone out here who won't watch the podcast. It's fine. But um, so ages ago, the March on crew came to Austin and made some like vloggy sort of videos on YouTube. And Chris Williamson took Ollie March on around his favorite spots, basically in Austin. And I just had a little thing. I, like, I remember they take they took them to like this donut place that looked really good, and we hadn't been yet. Um, and it was called Gordo's. Um, and so we drove there after this pokey place because I was having one of my one of my episodes, which is a lot different to one of Eddie, Eddie's episodes. Mine are ADHD focused and need satiating straight away. And mine are manic depressive episodes. <laughs> Where I want to close out the world. Yeah, so we both have our issues. Um, but anyway, we went to this donut place and it was phenomenal. To be honest. I think it was about a thousand calories for a, for a little donut jo- job, but it was, That's a, mental. It was I mean, great. What you've got to remember about the United States, generally in terms of cuisine, is that the food is good, but it is basically nutritionally redundant. A lot of it, yeah. So it depends what you look for in food. It's true. If and you I, want to be nourished, you're probably going to miss out. Depends though, because you can get to play. You can get places. You will pay more for it. That's the only thing. So because you can go to like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and have decent quality food, you're just going to pay a premium to eat half decent food, mm. which obviously isn't good, but it is still an option. Bit of a broken food system. In fairness, Trader Joe's for what you pay is very good. It's basically like a European supermarket. It's like Waitrose, isn't it? Yeah, basically. But um, yeah, so. To, to kind of give credence to your point, I have been trying to get over 75 kilos in body weight for probably since the beginning of COVID, so 2019, right? After being here for four and a half weeks, I've put on four kilos. That's mental. And I haven't lost any weight. And you're normally pretty good with losing weight, aren't you? So, yeah, but and my, you haven't even been eating out that much? Uh, yeah, so as I've much. eaten out, I reckon, about a third... A third as much as you and yeah, Jim? Yeah, maybe, maybe half. So I reckon for every three visits out you two do, I'll come to one. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. But because my steps have been in the toilet, as we explained on a previous episode, because you just can't walk anywhere. Yeah. So the only time really you can get your steps in are at the gym on the treadmill. But then when you're at the gym, you want to be getting your other... F- yeah, your or, other... War, or like running, or if you, if you go for a dedicated run or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you end up going to the gym twice in a day, one to do a walk, and then one, one to, to do to your train. actual programme session, yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit inconvenient because, like, like we've said it before, like at home you can just step out the door and go and walk. Like I've been, I've been to be fair in the morning if it's sunny, walking down to the bottom of the road, but it's not the most fucking. Yeah, you say that, and then we actually explain how long the road is. It's yeah, it's, it's like about, a five minute walk. It's about four hundred meters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, any more scram places you had noted down? Yes, the cheesecake factory. Oh yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. Which needs its airtime. Fucking hell! Yeah. Lots to unpack about that. Lots to unpack. In a word. How do you describe the Cheesecake Factory? The food or the experience? Both. Wild. <laughs> um, just because, so we had a certain run-in with one of the servers, which we'll explain in a second. 
This is a nice segue into another point I had around tip culture. So we can uh, use, okay. we can use this as an example because I think it exemplifies my point quite well. Yeah, but let's go through scratch. So the scrum was good. I thought I was actually pleasantly surprised, but again, super dense. Like one of their cheesecakes was fifteen hundred calories for a slice of cheesecake. I was like, how is that even? Po- what are you even putting in there? So obviously, you'd expect the cheesecake factory to be known for its cheesecake. So there is. There is kind of an allocated cheesecake menu. An extensive list. And obviously being the fact that we're all kind of like, we're all online coaches or personal trainers, we did a bit of a fucking analysis. A calorie deep dive. A calorie deep dive on the menu. So the very, the most bog standard plain cheesecake on the menu is 850 calories. Yes, that's the low, that's the lean option. That's that's the lowest hanging fruit. That's the lean option. And there are up to double that, aren't there? Yeah, and at the the opposite end of that spectrum, you could go up to virtually 2,000 calories for one slice of cheesecake. I mean, we say it's one slice. It's a large slice and it's loads, there's loads of garnish around it. So, I mean, that's where, so mine was the, I had the s'mores one. So it had like loads of melted fucking marshmallows on it. Oh yeah, it's basically, it's just all melted. It's basically a house brick. Yeah. Like you could feed a small child off one slice for about a month. Yeah, eat very easily. Um, so that, I mean, it's interesting. The food was good, like I say, pleasantly surprised. The food was good, wasn't it? So like service. Our, our, actual, our actual mains were good. So like if you're in the US, I do recommend the Cheesecake Factory because you can actually get vegetables with your meal. Yeah, and which, the, it, which it wasn't was a surpri- expensive. Which was a surprise to me. Yeah. Having, having not seen a green bean for three weeks. Yeah, I think my vegetable account has been virtually zero which is good <laughs> genuinely that's good I said this the other day that's probably a good reason why you outsource your nutrition yeah exactly uh, well I've had loads of blueberries that's a win Bash. Um yeah I've had zero percentage of my vegetable intake for about four weeks but I've had 400% of my blueberry intake every day yeah exactly that um, yeah so the service you want to go over the service ah mate yeah, so if we assume that the food is good and push that to one side, we now need to unpack the service. Yeah. Which, granted, this isn't representative of all Cheesecake Factory staff, but the one that we got lumbered with was a hat. <laughs> yeah, so the initial... Obviously, when you go to a restaurant and they ask you for your drinks, right? Um, Ed ordered some water. Yeah. And normally, in England, you can just order, like, a jug of water. Like, it's like, that's that's the thing. Cause that's, then, it's common parlance, isn't it? Oh, would it you is. Like, would you like some water with your table? Do you want yeah. a jug for the table? Yeah. Yeah. It's not common parlance here, because they, they want you to pay for everything, first of all, and that would be free. And people don't drink water. But what did she say when you say, when you say, can I have a jug of water, please? Well, she didn't say anything, did she? She laughed. Yeah, she chuckled to herself. She, she chuckled to herself. As swift. if it was, like, a ridiculous request. She chuckled to herself, swiftly followed by a no, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. Like, rid- like it was an absolutely ridiculous request. Well, and the- but but this is where it gets confusing, right? Because a few minutes later, she then did proceed to bring over three glasses of water. Yeah, but it was her reasoning behind not giving you a jug. No, no, no. We can't give you that because then you just drink it all and I'll have to refill it. Yeah, so she objected to bringing a jug of water on the grounds that she would have to keep refilling the jug periodically throughout our meal. But the alternative to that, which the, she then did, was give us individual glasses of water and she would then take them away and fill them up from a jug at her service station individually. Yeah, so she added a middleman. Yeah, she actually made it harder for herself because she was so ingrained in her own, her own school of thought. Yeah, so that was absolutely... It was just the response, like, 
just the, the chuckling of it. And then Jim tried to like change something out for gluten free, and that that absolutely blew her mind. Yeah, um, so she, she she didn't know what gluten free was. That's good. She worked in a restaurant. Uh, I then ordered something which was out of stock, so I was awkward and had the meat aspect of my the dish that I chose, but changed the sides of it, which again blew her mind because I don't think anyone had ever done that before. Yeah, it, well, it's it's it requires more than just like putting a number down on a piece of paper, doesn't it? Yeah, it requires actual like explanation. And, and yeah, so the, the service wasn't great, to, and that's an understatement. Yeah. But like, this is where it, we bring ourselves onto tip culture. Yeah, so I'll let you cover this because uh, I think it, it jars you out far more than me. Yeah, so basically, uh, for anyone that's unaware, in the US it's very standard, basically, for there just to be like a flat 20% extra onto whatever you're purchasing as a tip. It's ridiculous. Really. And it's like, it's not... You don't have to do it, but if you don't, you will get a very, very kind of stern look. Yeah, yeah. It's the unwritten rule, yeah. basically, isn't it? So every every time, even if you pay with card or with, with contactless, um, they'll flip the screen round and it'll have like options. Like it's always on minimum eighteen percent, twenty two percent, or whatever, and then twenty five. There's options, and then there's the option for a custom tip or no tip, but because you have to kind of go for an extra step to get anything less than 18%, which is fucking lows, by the way. Um, yeah, so you basically, basically end up just tipping 20%. Yeah, and whenever you buy anything in the States, you basically have to do mental math because you look at the menu and you think, oh, it's 10 quid. or You, you have to add on 20% yeah. basically in your head. Yeah. It's just kind of like, it's the unwritten rule. It's baked into all the price. And the reason for that is the workers don't get paid anything apparently. So. But that's shit, right, because they just then can rest on their laurels knowing that they're basically going to get a tip because it's just the cultural norm whereas in the UK you have to graph for it you actually get better service because you know your tip is on the line well it's no tip it's not, it's not a tip is it it's actually just part of the price yeah that's it. it's if, it, if it's got to be paid it but it's, it's stupid not a tip. I shouldn't have to pay part of your employees wages as for a customer them, to your business for them to then give me a worse service yeah it doesn't make any sense so if you buy two coffees from our local place um, but a coffee is quite expensive anyway. Coffee's like four seventy or something, whatever. Four seventy dollars. So it's like four quid basically. Yeah, but if you add, if you do two coffees and the tip, you end up li- it's literally fifteen dollars for two coffees. So it's seven dollars each. Seven that's seven. That's seven dollars fifty. So what's that like? Ten quid. It's more. It's probably, twelve it's, quid. One point two. So it's probably about twelve quid. Yeah. Fucking hell. Six quid a for coffee. For two like bog standard like. Flat white, flat white. Yeah, it's it's mental. So and that's only because of the tip. And so the the more you obviously that's how percentages work. So the more you pay for something, the more you end up just paying extra. But yeah, so going back to these barbecue places that we've been to, the way that they work is you basically queue up, ask for what you want. In it, it's a bit like dinner time at school, like in the school canteen. Yeah, you queue up. Someone serves you, gives you your few food, you pay, and then you take it away to a table and serve yourself. So you get your own drink, you get your own cutlery, yeah. right? You're still expected to pay twenty percent tip for that. You've done all of the fucking manual labour yourself. Yeah, I mean it's genius from their point of view because they're getting more money for no reason. Imagine if you went to the Toby Carvery back home. It's a bit like VAT, though, isn't it? No, because there's taxes as well. Yeah, but they don't have VAT here. I don't know what tax it is, maybe corp tax, but they don't have VAT in America, but they... Um, Jamie will know. 
Sales, sales tax. tax. There, there you go. go. See, useful having a this one. This is great. This is great. Yeah. You've moved up in the world now. You're, you're, you're in. You can send um, us an invoice later, James. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was With tip. sales tax. I, I could talk about, unsurprisingly, I could talk about tip culture till yeah, cows I mean, come home. It is, it is annoying, but <laughs> there's just no way around it. Have you been not tipping? Yeah. That's hilarious. Th- that so I shows am, your am, brazenness. I am the kind of person who is willing to fight over a $1.80 tip. Yeah. Just out of principle. Yeah, I'm not. Um, so I will just pay extra. I almost, yeah, and and if and certainly if I fancy the girl behind the thing, I'll pay it even more. So Yeah, well, you did spin a dick uh, about your kind of like how you got into coffee, which we won't get into now, but uh, it, we, remember to uh, talk about that on the podcast at some point. Yeah, it is, it is funny. It exemplifies your deep-rooted insecurities. Deep, deep-rooted need for attention. <laughs> right, that's tip culture done. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Shooting. Oh, yeah. You went shooting. I did. Talk about that, because I know you love it. Yeah, I went and um, exercised my masculine urges. Yeah, so, dressed as a gay cowboy. Dressed as someone from Brooklyn Man's. I had to... Um, Can we unpack that, actually? It doesn't yeah. need some airtime. Yeah. Talk us through the outfit. Yeah, so I wanted to go full redneck. Yeah, it was. I think it was the tuck shirt that like gave it that extra sprinkle of camp. Yeah, I like that though. I was. I thought. I thought it was a good look to be honest. And uh, I just needed a belt. The only thing is, I didn't have a belt, so that probably um, added to it a little bit. But to the- talk us through the differences between kind of like shooting range culture in the US compared to when we went to okay, one so- in Prague. The word I would use is liberal. It's <laughs> absolutely mental. So we went to this thing. It's like 35 minutes outside of Austin. We drove there. It's like a it's a big ranch, effectively. You walk up, or you park there. You walk up to the office, which isn't an office, but whatever. And they have a, a guy behind the thing. What are y'all shooting today? And they uh, they kind of give you a, um, a... We'll have a little bit of chat, see what experience you have with firearms. Me and Jim were like, okay, we're both ex-military. And we didn't need to prove that. Are y'all just, veterans? They were just like, okay, cool. So then um, they gave us this like rule sheet to, to read out. Uh, so basically the only the only kind of, um, the only barrier between you shooting and not shooting is your ability to read. So you have to read out loud these 20 rules, literally out loud in the shop, um, as, if you're, as if you're performing. It says at a certain point, it says at a certain point, it's like um, rule 18, say this out loud to one of the staff they may not be looking, but they are listening. And it's like, I will not... That's mental. That's like, like the start of The Simpsons, you know, when Bart's writing out lines on the board. Yeah, it's it like, is, I it? will not blow someone's head off at the shooting range. Literally, yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's a mantra. Once you've done that, they're like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Because, so, it's $10 a gun rental. So, if you want to rent five guns, that's 50. Um, and then you have to rent the ammunition as well. You can rent anything. For, there's like 20 pistols on on offer and about... 10 to 12 um, uh, rifles or whatever it's $10 for anything so it doesn't, it doesn't change but then the ammo is, is kind of more expensive for rifle rounds or whatever Yeah. but long story short they kind of push you through this thing you tell them whatever you want to do you then take the gun with no supervision at all so they're like here's your gun here's your ammo see you later just go and shoot it bring it back so they're like okay we left the thing on our own with no checks no safety checks no fucking warrants or whatever no um, no kind of certification and they go um, <coughs> have you got earplugs no no okay we'll get them and there's no like you have to wear earplugs you have to wear iPro or whatever they just let you do what you want you go and shoot 
you bring it back, they give you your next two guns, you go and shoot, you bring it back. It's like you could quite easily go to that shooting range, give them your, because they, they take your ID and credit card off you. You could get that weapon, just drive off. They actually made a joke about that. They were like, so yeah, if you, you, know, if you take it, then we'll just charge you for it. It's like, what? See, an Ameri- Americans wonder why kids keep shooting up schools. So imagine, remember the one in Prague? It was like in a proper locked up cont- contained thing where they like gave you the weapon and then they were like over your shoulder while you shot it. Do you remember that? Yeah, so they, so yeah, for reference, in the summer we went to a shooting range in Prague and it could not be further from what you've just described. So they'll load the weapon for you, they'll only give it you pointing down range so you can fire it yep. and then as soon as you've fired your rounds they take it back off you yeah, immediately. Yeah, and they're, they're over your shoulder while you're firing. Yeah. This is like, they're stood in the office somewhere um, and you just go and do what you want. There's like eight ranges. We at the, at the last point, there was like there was just no one on the range apart from me and Jim shooting this weapon. We could have done anything. Are you loading your own rounds? Yeah, that's fucking mental. So you get what you do is you get a case. The case has the gun in, the magazine, and the ammunition in a box. You then take it out to the to the point. You load up your your magazine yourself. And then you load the magazines and, sh- and shoot. Is that just because you're ex-military? Do they trust you, or is that like civvies as well? I was going to say because if I tried to load my own fucking rifle, I would probably end up killing myself. Yeah, well, most people would because <laughs> you're obviously it only takes you doing one thing wrong, doesn't it? Um, and even to be fair, even we got like a triple feed that we couldn't clear, and the bloke came out and was like, "Huh, this is the most dangerous thing I ever deal with." And I was like, "Great." Well, that's good because you just fucking left me do my own thing, so yeah, that's reassuring. Yeah, literally, he was like, "Well, thank, thanks for getting us he- uh, to help you," because a lot of people just try and clear this herself. I was like, "Well, yeah, that's and maybe then, maybe why you should supervise them." Yeah, and then lose a finger. Yeah, quite easily. But yeah, it was in the AR-15. We had like a, a double feed, and then we were trying to clear it. It just wasn't coming out, so we had to come with his. It's a big like, imagine like a. 18 inch prong that goes down the barrel right that yeah. then just knocks the thing out but it was like stand back because what can happen is these rounds can just go off and i was like fucking hell right okay um yeah my american gun culture is fucking mental the fact that all of what you've just described is so normal to them so normal it's, <laughs> it's like fucking mad it maybe is because we said we we're ex-military but there was no check of that yeah yeah like yeah man, i'm ex-sis yeah yeah all right, here's a fucking Barrett 50 cal. Yeah. Which they actually had, by the way. Imagine, <laughs> you know the Barrett 50 cal on Call of Duty? It was that. And you can you can purchase it by the round. Because most people only want to shoot one round because it's fucking mental. So, so talk to me about this, because obviously the recoil of a Barrett 50 cal is mental. So like anyone that would fire it normally in like a military setting would have it set up on like a bipod or like on sandbags. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. have it like firmly rested like in the, yeah. in the butt of their shoulder. Yeah, so we didn't shoot the Barrett. Can you can you like hip fire it? No, I think you'd have what, to. Could, you'd what have to like, would, would, but they left you unsupervised. Would they not leave you unsupervised? I imagine with the they would just leave you. So like so, theoretically, you could try and hip fire it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we had a bolt action kind of like seven six two, which is a little smaller, but still has some kind of kick. And it was uh, they just left us. It was it hurt my shoulder a few times, and I had it in a good position. If you were just and we were following the rules like sitting down and, and leaning in or whatever you could quite easily because like I said there was no one on the point by the end you could quite easily just do what you want quick scope no scope mate um, so it's mental so we might go back and it ended up being about $250 between us so 125 each which wasn't that bad for like four weapons so two pistols two rifles how much was ours in the Czech Republic can you remember was it about 125 euros I think it might have been each yeah 
We had a lot more weapons, but this is just so much more free and so much more free reign. Yeah. It's quite it's quite good. Um the only thing is you have to like put your own target up and do all that sort of stuff. So it's a bit more admin, but still. Did you have to tip them? Um I think so. No, no, no well, that's good because you did all the work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, we did have to tip, yeah. Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> that's good. Are you forgetting? Do you have tips to put your own targets up? Are yeah, because they did, they did nothing and load our own weapon. And you know that. Yeah. It was it was a cool experience though. It's fucking was it called Lone Star Gun Range? Might go back. You probably will. Yeah, dressed as different a gay I was cowboy. Say, different cowboy. Different gay cowboy. Pink Stetson. Yeah, I like them. Arseless chaps. Yeah, and pink cowboy boots to round it off. Yeah. Next, Top Golf. Oh yeah, Top Golf. This was when Eddie was in one of his uh, I was happiest at, moments. I was having one of my lows. I believe they call it for manic depressives. <laughs> so uh, we went to Top Golf as a four. Um, I was non-verbal. Eddie was non-verbal. James was loving it because he loves golf, um, and I I got the title of most improved player, basically. Um, so, do we need to explain what top golf is? Potentially, could you get top golf in the UK, James? Yeah, you can. But for okay. anyone that's like not familiar with, Think so of it. it's basically like a driving range, but are out in the open are targets that you basically have to aim for, and it's all kind of like digitized so you've got a screen in front of you and it like shows you how far you've gone yeah it gives you all like your all your statistics like all your breakdown and like there's interactive games so you can play like angry birds in real life yeah so it's um it's kind of like gucci driving range basically it's It's, it's like it's like a driving range for children and people with adhd basically yeah so i really liked it because i am both of those things um so I have you you swung a swung a golf swung swung, swung <laughs> a golf club you, before? Which way do you swing? No, never swang. Um, that was the first time I've ever handled a golf club. Hand, okay, handled a firearm. Um, have you? Once I got taken to the driving range by Ellie's dad, right? Um, and I was terrible. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, but I was okay by the end. I'm, I, I don't think I'll be taking up golf anytime soon. At least you could drive it. At least you could actually like drive the ball yeah I couldn't well you were just uh, all arms I was all bicep all like. fucking bicep tendon uh, but you, I don't, you still I'm, got it a decent amount of, like but I don't, I don't have the rotational mobility to swing a golf club yeah you need, you so need a all bit of, of my power is generated from about like, like a quarter of a swing like 40 degree angle sort of yeah. deal yeah I guess so it's um, it was good fun though we had, we had like 90 minutes which how much was that James for 90 minutes okay yeah so hundreds and they'll like bring you drinks and um, food and stuff if you want so you can make a full thing out of it so again I recommend and they'll be in any major city I think the one in Dubai looks pretty sensational so if you're ever in Dubai yeah the, crack it. to be fair the only reason I would want to get good at golf is so I could go to top golf and clear the net with a ball yeah that's, that's I've got goal. no aspirations to be good at the actual game of golf or like get a hole in one or like play off scratch or whatever. I just want to clear the nets at top golf. Yeah, all I really care about is the uh, the distance. Yeah. The man metrics. Yeah. yeah so. More pseudo masculinity for you, that isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Who can hit it the furthest? Who can hit it the fastest? Who gives a fuck about anything else? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Jeremy, Jeremy Clarkson school of thought that. Yeah, more power... <laughs> yeah, so that's top golf. That moves on to nightlife. This is the last thing I have listed now before we do the roundup with the segments. Okay, cool. Um, so you've obviously been out more than me because I did dry Jan. Yeah, I've done 
One proper night out. Yeah. What's your thoughts? It's all right, to be fair. Like, I'm kind of at the end of my tether with drinking anyway. So I think taking that into consideration, it was pretty good. True. Because it kept me entertained until about... When did I lose interest? When did I check out? <laughs> Can you remember? About quarter to one. Yeah, that's pretty good going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that is pretty good going. I Cause it normally happens about midnight, so... For extra 45 minutes, that, you yeah, know, mate, that could have been Fantastic. the novelty because everything was new to me. But Yeah, and you had a bit of a, bu- a booking bronco to ride in the first bit. Yeah, I can get behind and you that. you almost actually. rode a, a real booking bronco. <laughs> <laughs> I got a proposition, let's put yeah. it that way. I was not going to take them up on the offer. Mm, yeah, I know. There's, uh, I think a few more drinks. Mate, you were, invo- you were involved in the proposition as I well. Was I was invited. Don't act like it was just a, it takes two to tango. <laughs> According to it, it took four. Yeah. Well, if we own off pure weight distribution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think the nightlife's pretty good in Austin. I think we... So where were we? We were quite scathing with it in the first episode, weren't we? Oh, I was. Yeah, I Did don't know Me what... and Jim go out, go out and it was like dead. Yeah, oh, yeah I did. think we just... Ch- I think, like, for some reason in January, no one was out. I think everyone in Austin did dry jan. Everyone in Austin either did dry jan or just fucking was getting pissed inside because they certainly weren't out yeah I mean I don't know what was going on so when we went to we haven't done oh we need to cover that you've missed it out you must have etched that from your memory what the mothership uh, well right yeah well we talked about going to the mothership the first time and I thought, I thought yeah, we'd, end, very we'd end on a high yeah okay fair enough but anyway we went to the mothership on Thursday and that's in Dirty Sixth which is like a, a district and that was like ridiculously busy compared to the other times we've been there so we're like oh this is a good omen for tomorrow night and then the next night we went to the other side of 6th street which was again really really busy from what we remembered so I think like into start of February everyone just seems to be a piss can in Austin which I can get behind and then um, me and James went out on a second on the second on second time on a, on Saturday um, and we went to like Dirty Sick that's, that's right isn't it Rainy Street and then Dirty Sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we ran into some uh, some sorority <laughs> sorority girls who uh, hopefully, they're not watching, but hopefully are going to um, get me into a frat party. That'd be fantastic. And fucking me. Yeah. Oh, I better be invited. Yeah. We, so I'm gonna, we'll, give, we'll give it a go. I'm going to give it my best crack. Before. Good dick that. Say that you lost your head at a frat party. Yeah. And like kicked off and beat up Zac Efron all of it. and like went upstairs to sit in a room on your own because you were needed to de- disassociate because you got overwhelmed turned all the lights off shut all the blinds yeah um, yeah so that, <laughs> might, that, that might be a future diss people walk in think you're shagging you're actually yeah, just trying you're to actually, sleep <laughs> <laughs> you actually just sat on the bed um, can you go away please I'm watching Band of Brothers <laughs> on your phone yeah <laughs> headphones in um and then, yeah, so we did, to, to sort of round it off, we did go to the Mothership again, Joe Rogan's comedy, sh- comedy sh- show, and it was extremely different to our first time there. So it was a different show, wasn't it? So the first time we went, it was Joe Rogan and Friends, which is like the flagship thing that you can go and see, because minimum, you're going to go and see Joe Rogan. Maximum, you're going to see Joe Rogan and all of his mates. And because he's basically brought all the best comics in the US to Austin, chances are you're going to get a good lineup. Yeah. Yeah, whereas we went to the showcase, which is a bit more like new comics kind of coming up. Yeah, the nut, trying thing, the fucking nutcase. The, the, yeah, the sprogs, um, and a couple of them were <laughs> really good. The nods, and uh, and like two or three of them were fucking horrendous. I don't know if anyone's been to a comedy club where a comics absolutely died on his ass. 
So I've only been yeah. to a comedy club. Well, I've only been to a few comedy clubs in my time in the UK, obviously. And it's quite rare that you see someone like fully die on stage. It might happen like once a show. Yeah. For 50% of the lineup to properly die on stage to the point where it's like tumbleweed awkwardness. That's yeah. rare. And we experience that. Yeah, it is. And the issue is with that comedy club, it's so intimate. Like as in you're eight feet away from the, the bloke performing. It feels like you're involved. If, at least if you're like in a bigger comedy centre, you could sort of disassociate. You couldn't do that there because it was like, okay, I feel it, like I'm on stage. It's quite personal. Isn't it? It's like he can see you. Not, not enjoying it. Not enjoying it. Yeah, I actually couldn't look at one point. Yeah, yeah literally, uh, it's so awkward. It's fucking funny. But like, this, is, this isn't this is us having like a bee in our bonnet. This is no. them being shit comedians. And also, we need to cover Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> oh, Shearer. Yeah. Shearer, Shearer. Yeah, so that was a great nickname. We're good at nicknames, yeah, and I nailed that one. Nickname, yeah. So there was, a, again, we touched on this from last time we went to the, the mothership. US audiences don't know how to react with comedians. They get too involved and they think that they're a part of the show. And this woman took that to the nth degree, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, well, so she, she was engaged by the first comedian, or one of the first comedians, because he was just using her for one of his bits, right? And after that point, she thought, I'm in here. She thought she was on the bill at that point. Yeah, she thought she was the next fucking next act. And she just would not shut up. So, for example, obviously, like we said, <laughs> some of the comics started to die. But this was before that. These comments were actually quite good, but he just messed his words up at one point. But he was yeah. uh, he was owning oh, it, wasn't he? He was yeah. like he was kind of owning it. And she and she, while he was kind of making a joke about him messing up, she was like, "Come on, we've got you. We're with you." Oh mate, like, so awkward. so fuck like off. so like he's clearly fluffed his lines, but because he's because he was actually a good comedian, he just riffed with it. Yeah, and like he kind of like dug himself out the hole. Yeah, she's like, "I'm here for you. I'm, yeah, I'm supporting you." Whilst he's trying to, like, salvage his act. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, cheers, mate. Like, <laughs> cheers. Like, I'm trying not to address that. And, and you just can't get you past You just brought it. all of the attention in the room to that moment. So thanks for that. Um, and then, from again, from there, she was just completely jarring. And when you walk into the mothership, <laughs> it couldn't be more clear you're not allowed to heckle. Well, they give you a debrief. Well, no, they give you a briefing. She probably got a debriefing when she got shocked she got kicked out. She did. and Yeah, so she eventually got kicked out, which was fantastic. Um, but, like, the, the, the Shearer thing, right, we need to explain the Shearer thing. So, so this, and this is, one of the fu- this is one of the funniest parts of the night, which is worrying. Cause yeah, we're at, comedy we're at a comedy club, that's worrying. So, like, because she thought she was involved, every time she related to something that one of the comedians said, she'd clap and then, like, do the little Shearer celebration, put her yeah. hand in the air, wouldn't she? He was on a triple hat trip by the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, because the clap, kind of like didn't identify her acknowledgement clearly enough she'd have to do the little hand up as well so everyone yeah. could see and yeah and there was another there was one other transgressor and um he was sat right behind us to the left and um right, right again this is like after the the comedy show had been a bit like rocky it'd been a rocky road up to that point and um every time someone something would be relatively funny <laughs> rather than laugh like a normal person he would ju- he would just react as far as he would go that's so good. That's so funny. But like, like, it's great, right? So he'd wait for like the initial laughs to die down, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. but instead of playing like laughs, laugh, like you used to do it, like yeah. school assembly, he would then wait for the silence and then go, "Oh my god, that is so funny. That is so good." And I was like, oh my, "Just like, like yeah, we're, how, mate, we're at a we, comedy show. Like you expect it to be funny. You don't know. You don't need to acknowledge the humor. Yeah, like you got the joke. We get it. Well done. That's all it is. In it, they're saying, "Oh yeah, I got that one. Well done." But um, yeah, so 
American comedy audiences again haven't redeemed themselves since last time. So well, it did make the show funnier for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So true, like the comics true. weren't that great, but because we had these little in jokes between us, laughing at the, like the audience Cheer. effectively, it did make it funnier. Yeah. It was, it was and it was a good night, but it's just kind of awkward to see people. And there's the anti-Semitic comedian as well. Do you want to touch on him? So this is the guy. This to, is the me. guy that died the most, like and and for good reason. Yeah, so I don't really know how to box around this, to be honest. So this is a, this is a, a comedian, and I use that term loosely, who is got some kind of like like grown, physical disability. Physical disability, whereby he looks a lot more. He looks a lot younger than he actually is. He's like fucking Benjamin Button, or the reverse of Benjamin Button. Yeah, so he's like I think he was like twenty eight or something, but he looked about fourteen. Yeah, so he's got like a growth disorder. You actually, <laughs> you actually said when he came on, "What the fuck." <laughs> Which is the politically correct response. Uh, Yeah, so this guy, right. So the thing with comedy, right, is if you've got like a distinctive feature, the minute, the second you get on stage, you have to acknowledge it. Yeah. As like to dissipate the tension. Yeah, because everyone's thinking it. So you've got to say it. So I said it out loud. I said, what the fuck is this? He immediately needs to explain himself because otherwise I'm going to assume he's an alien. Yeah, and shock, he didn't. He didn't. So like all the time, it's just hanging in the air, isn't it? Yeah, he alluded to it. He's like, oh, I'm old enough to have sex. But like you haven't told me. That was a great impression. you, You haven't told me. Like, you haven't explained the context. Like, how are you here? How have you got into comedy? Like, there needs to be something self-deprecating. It wasn't there. Yeah, and so, anyway, he did He did his whole set. It was shit, to be fair. Like, it, it was kind of dying anyway. And then he was like, is it okay with you guys if I try one more joke? Right, yeah. So, like, <laughs> obviously, because he hasn't addressed the elephant in the room, he's we the audience has never really got on board with him. Yeah. So, like, the awkwardness is built throughout the set. And he was getting annoyed because, like, under his breath, he'd say he'd make a joke. The audience wouldn't laugh, and then he'd go, "That was a good joke." Yeah, well, which yeah. is well, oh yeah, the sorry, kind of, mate. The kind of proxy for a bit of good joke is if people laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. You know. So anyway, like the tension is building throughout his set, and then, like you said, then he was like, "Can I end on a new joke to test out some new material?" And I was like, "Oh well, he actually got his respect." Then it was like, like his usual stuff hasn't worked, so he's going to try some something new. Try something new. Fair enough. Turns out this was a premeditated attack. Yeah, so basically it was a knock-knock joke that ended in some anti-Semitic It was, yeah, I mean, you, I'm not going to say it because I don't want this to get clipped because I will get cancelled, but it was it was Hitler-esque, put it that way. Yeah, and then he, well, so he said the punchline, no one laughed, everyone just groaned, and then he said it again and again and again, and I was like, fuck me, I'll just stop. And eventually um, he was like, he was, he was dancing up and down on the, like jumping up and down on the stage. He's like, I'm not leaving until you laugh. I'm not leaving until you laugh. And then, um, mate, and then the so end comic had to just come and basically just, mate, you're 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 off. Mate, he was so he was a bit like Rumpelstiltskin in Shrek the Third. That's how I'd describe <laughs> that's him. Such a that's good his, that was his demeanour. Yeah, that was that was that's great. But that's also so Jack for the comedian that has to follow him. True. Because like not only has he died, he's then doubled down on it just before he's left the stage, and then you're just left with a dumpster fire. How, how fucking shit is that? That is jack as fuck, to be fair, yeah. yeah well, and to be fair, she actually did all right, didn't she? She did okay at Salvage, it, yeah. I mean, she didn't actually try much material because it was risky at that point. But yeah, uh, that was the Comedy Mothership second second appearance. So uh, hopefully we'll go again. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, yes. Yes. 
Heath Cordes, there you go. So you, go, go on his Instagram. Go on his Instagram. See exactly what you mean. Because worryingly, he has like 50k followers, I think. Yeah. So you'll be able to see exactly what, like what we just described. Then you'll you'll just see it straight away. Um, anyway, let's go underrated, overrated. It's either underrated. You've charmed me. Or it's overrated. Well, that was fucking dreadful. Yes, so that was our little roundup. We'll do another one of these either at the end of the trip or once we're back in the UK to like box off the final two weeks. Yep. Given, given that you have an A to Z of Austin cuisine to get through, and, yeah, and box. Well, yeah, yeah, that won't happen. Both scrum. Uh, right, so I go first. Given that you haven't got one, I have got one. Oh, you have got one. Yeah, oh, okay. you can go first. Underrated, overrated. Teslas. Nice. This is topical. I don't know so if it's I, underrated. Because I know you love talking about Tesla, so I thought I'd... Yeah, thank you. I, I thought I'd lay that. down the gauntlet for you there. Appreciate that. Yeah, so I don't know if underrated, overrated. I think... I don't know how they are perceived, generally. Um, do people think they're good normally, or what's the kind of crack? Is there, so I was is thinking there a consensus? About, I was thinking about this earlier, and I think they're underrated in the UK. Yeah, I would agree, I think. So Cause ele- we, we, electric cars on the whole are kind of on the rise, aren't they? Yeah. But I don't think, I, th- I don't think like Elon Musk and Tesla are like in the zeitgeist enough in the UK, really. Is no, because he's not. kind of like he's kind of like put on a pedestal here, isn't he? He's like a, a genius. A G. But, but I think rightfully because the UK general public is slightly more sceptical than the US population. He hasn't quite kind of like percolated into like popular culture as much in the UK. No, he hasn't. Obviously. He's- He's American anyway, so like he's on American podcasts and stuff. So he's he's kind of brand is here anyway. Um, but I think I think they are underrated, especially because I think it'd just be more convenient having a Tesla in the UK versus the US because it's smaller. So this is what I was thinking. We've been talking about this because the UK is a lot smaller. Like obviously the main drawback of an electric car is its range. That's less of an issue in the UK because it's much smaller. Yeah. So if if you say have like three fifty miles range. That can get you to most places. Yeah, and it can certainly get you to a supercharger at a motorway services. Yeah, well, if you yeah, you're in trouble if you can drive 300 miles and not get a fucking charge. But here, you could quite feasibly drive 400 miles and not see anything. Yeah, which is worrying because that would. But it, if Americans can make Tesla work in Texas, which yeah. is which is vast to say the least, then True. Brits can definitely make Tesla work in the UK. The only issue is is the weather because it's cold. Yeah, well, we were talking about this this morning, weren't we? Like the um, the effect cold, the cold has on the battery. I don't know quite the extent of it, but it seemed like when it was colder, it took longer to charge and it was quicker to diminish. Um, and when it's warmer, it seems like it's a bit happier. So I don't know. Obviously, it's colder for longer periods of time in the UK. So that might be a bit of a drawback. But again, if you can always get to a supercharge, it doesn't really matter. Or if all you've got to do, basically, because I was thinking about this, if you've got to, I don't know, drive up to... Um, like so, I don't know somewhere like Edinburgh for example let's you know. pick three random cities off the top of your head let's say Edinburgh Newcastle or York yeah okay nice I like that so yeah three random northern cities um, so you <laughs> if you're on the way up there and you stop for like 40 minutes just to charge your thing but you've got Netflix on, you, on your car yeah you fucking you laughing man this is what I mean so I think there's just a bit of ignorance around Tesla at the minute because I don't think the UK public is fully aware of what a Tesla can do yeah, so we've, we obviously had one for four weeks or whatever and discovered some quite redeeming features. Yeah, like, well, seeing is believing, isn't it? I think if 
if people were given a Tesla for like a four week trial, they yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't want to give it back at the end of the four weeks. And that's always a good sign of a good product. Yeah, because like, well, we've basically had that trial, haven't we? And I, yeah. I want a Tesla now, and I'm not even asked about cars. Yeah, well, I, I I want one as well. So they're they're rapid, first of all. So because there's no engine, no like gears or whatever to go through. Immediately as you put your foot down, it goes because it's like a go kart. Easy to drive. They're quite smooth I, I love that it's unsuspecting though so it's not like a it's not like a sports car or like a boy racer where it's like you've got like a 12 inch spoiler on the back yeah and it's like oh look at me how fast my car is it's loud as it's fuck. so understated because it's silent and off the line it will just absolutely cream anything it'll absolutely cream all those boy racers into yeah. the ground so there's loads of examples here where there's like a mustang or whatever and it's loud as fuck but it doesn't move anywhere so it's like they're revving up next to you and you'll just clear it off the line it's, so got, it's, it's completely silently it's class um so yeah it's a bit of a silent assassin it's got like a plethora of entertainment features so that when you are sat at, at a charger if it is just like say in the middle of nowhere luckily here every target which is like a supermarket has a super like fast charger so you can just go and walk around target which is fine but maybe in the uk if you're like a service there's fuck all to do um you can literally just sit there and you could watch your favorite netflix show you can watch disney plus you can watch like you can play games on the tesla so there's one game that we found which is a like mario kart-esque game and you control the cart with the fucking steering wheel yeah, then you brake mental and brake with the actual brake pedal, and you brake with the brake. So it's like you are in a simulator, and they, obviously the screen's quite big, so you can see what's going on, and the surround sounds. It's it's wild, um, and there's there's another there's there's uh, some more jokey features as well. Yeah, they got. I mean, fairness, like the as we said, the major drawback of an electric car is its range and the fact that you have to charge it. So they've obviously sat down, thought about this, and thought, well, we need to keep people entertained. So there's yeah. a, like you said, there's a plethora of games. You can change the horn to deploy fart noises at strangers, which again is great. That's <laughs> such a genius thing, and it's got like there's not just one fart noise. No, 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 no. no. There's about twenty. They've sat there and recorded and uploaded into the Tesla, and then every time you hit it, it's like a different one. It's, it's like great. A, yeah, we sat there as three grown ass men, um, probably laughing at that for about an hour and a half. Well, look, look, to pardon the punt, there is a lot of mileage in fart noises. Yeah, yeah, correct. And so that's that's a, I think that plugs the main gap for Tesla, like. Like you say, the main drawback is the range because it's quick. They're not hugely expensive, although they can get quite mad if you had in all the bells and whistles. Um, I think it will come with time in the UK. I just think they've been around for a bit longer or like have been more commonly available in the US and it's just more in like the public discourse. And also, if you have a business, there's a tax advantage, I think. I need to look into that. I don't know how it works. But yeah, I think Tesla in the UK, underrated. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and in the US, rated, because everyone drives them. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So my, mine is um, underrated, overrated. Slides in bars. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Very niche, because no one in the UK will be able to relate to this. No, not at Unless all. you got pissed in a fucking soft play centre recently. <laughs> yeah, so like that's a Peep Show episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So here in in two of the bars we've been in, I think it's got a bit of a feature in in Texas for some reason. There there was like a legit slide in the middle of a bar. So from the upstairs, obviously upstairs to downstairs, you could you could travel there down a slide, which yeah. is such a crazy idea. And obviously you couldn't really like you were saying couldn't really work in the UK because 
you, you Brits would just take the piss. Yeah, let, we need to unpack this, don't we? Because obviously, at face value, everyone can get on board with slides in bars. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a bit like communism. At face value, everyone can get on board with it. Yeah, but if you actually unpack it in the context of Britain, yeah. it wouldn't work because we are devilish, devilishly mischievous. Yeah, so people would be pissing down it, you know, you'd be like starting scraps, you'd be like kicking someone down the fucking slide and stuff. Yeah, it would be carnage, mate. So it, imagine if, let's say, for example, there were slides in, I don't know. Spoons. Uh, sp- well, not spoons, a bit more upmarket. Like the kind of place you go for bottomless brunch. Do you know what uh, I mean? No, I don't know, that'd be all right. Like slug and lettuce. Say so you had slides in mm. slug and lettuce and like people have been on bottomless brunch since midday. By 4pm, someone's done a piss and a jobby down that slide. <laughs> I don't know if you're... Uh, yeah, Boy maybe. closed. Yeah, I mean, there, there would definitely be a like a common occurrence where it just, it'd just be like X'd off. You wouldn't be able to go on it. Whereas the two the two places, we had like... The people were having a fucking great time. And again, like the range, these aren't policed. I almost fucking took James's legs out when I went, went down them thing. Because there's no like... You know that where you have like a light system to see who's when when someone's clear of the entrance? <laughs> there's none of that. You just fucking crack on, mate. That is cool. Like that... I'd love it. I'd love to get to a position where we could have them in the UK, but unfortunately, we can't have nice things. Yet we can't have nice things because piss cans do have to ruin it for everyone. Yeah, else. and if it's in a bar, obviously it just lends itself to that that environment. So, I think it works in the states. It probably couldn't work in the UK. No, I th- yeah. it is very cool. Oh yeah, yeah. The bar we was at on Rainy Street with the slide, the, first, the one you've seen. Yeah, obviously th- this slide basically is, is like one little flight of stairs it's not that steep um, and he basically was having the wor- like the whale a whale of a time he was having the best time of his life he, he was like a 22 year old bloke or whatever he was a bit worse for wear and he would go down the slide run back up go down the slide run back up and he did that about eight times and then he would like try and collect other people and get them into his little slide gang everyone he walked past like oh, the like- old young whatever would just chuck these people down the slide so you've got great. like a slide conger yeah yeah, nice. and he was like he that. was like the um it was like they'd employed him to make the slide as used as possible. Um so every time everyone was go anyone was going down the stairs, he'd be like be shepherding them towards the slide. Um and he was great. He was he actually gave up after a bit though, didn't he, James? Because he was chirping some birds. Again, which I can get on board with. So yeah. He was he was a he was a fan favourite of mine. I like that. I think, so what were you gonna say then? Uh Underrated, I think, because no one's ever thought of it. The, yeah, the concept of a slide in a bar is underrated, but I think the reality it, of the it. reality of it would be very overrated. Yeah, again, a bit like communism. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, what an uh, analogy that is. You only get that here. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting that on modern wisdom. Reasons to be cheerful. So, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Are you privy to this? No. Right, okay. It's a pretty simple one, but uh, it's wor- it's worth some air time. We're, we're into race season. Okay. So, I thought, I'd, you know, given that we are broadly a fitness podcast, I thought we should actually talk about fitness at, at some point. Very broadly. Yeah. yeah. So, race season in terms of high rocks and stuff? In terms of anything. So, like, because... So, like, as I think we talked about this. This even may have been a reason to be cheerful before, but we'll we'll do it again. So a lot through December and January, a lot of races in the UK dry up because of the weather. Yeah, and then come like February springtime, they kind of start to open up again, basically. Yeah, so like half marathons, marathons, 
the marathon season is is certainly like April it's through pro- to August. It's approaching, yeah. Yeah, and then um, the high rocks and Apex that we we're kind of getting involved with. Hopefully, this year we're going to be um, coming thick and fast. Now there's loads loads of high rocks around. High rocks seems to be so popular recently. Yeah, it's mental. Isn't it? But like, what was the the point of this was in a? I was trying to put it through the lens of fitness is that we kind of passed the January lull now. Yeah, and there's things are starting to surface on the horizon that you can look forward to true and so you can have a little bit of a as we always like to say you're never more than 12 weeks away from accomplishing something pretty impressive true true so if you want to lock in and put something in the diary 12 weeks ahead of time you can actually probably have a look now and actually get something that is quite exciting and quite challenging in 12 weeks to start a little training program for um and that can be anything Hyrox is a good one i think if you're starting out because you can do so many iterations of it and still feel like you've accomplished something like even if you wanted to do doubles open which is like i think the most scaled version there might be one below that you could like want you could get around it in like an hour and 45 minutes yeah and still feel like you've accomplished something huge because it's a huge event there'll be loads of support there you'll still feel like you've done like a a really cool sporting challenge which you have and so if you're kind of out of it at the moment you had like a bit of a december january period off then you could quite easily get into that and probably surprise yourself with a little bit of a performance goal. Yeah, 100%. If you stagnated a bit in January or like you didn't quite get into your groove with like the resolutions that you set, then get a race in the calendar because that will hold you accountable. And like you said, do doubles or something because then you're yeah. doing it with someone else. Well, exactly that. Yeah. So if you, the reason High Rocks Pairs is so good is because you get to carve the work, which is obviously more accessible for people. Uh, the weights are fairly manageable for most and like you said you get to do it with a partner so you can hold each other accountable to the process and then when you're actually on the on the floor you can have a bit of a bit of a um camaraderie thing together yeah and like we said before like i won't go on too much about this we'll get this wrapped up now but we've, we've talking about high rocks before about how it's good for beginners because a all the movements are accessible and you're not doing too much of one thing yeah so you've got to run eight kilometers so as long as you can do that as like a low a lowest hanging fruit you can pretty much do it yeah, but it is bearable because eight kilometres to a lot of people would probably seem quite overwhelming. But because each kilometre is punctuated with a different exercise station. Yeah, you basically mentally only have to get through 1k. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so High Rocks is the recommendation for anyone who... To be fair, anyone, because even if you're advanced, you can go to a, di- a bit a different category and you'll still be challenged. So Yeah, like it's we, quite cool. we still want to do it. Not saying that we're advanced, but like we're yeah. further into our fitness journey than a lot of people, aren't we? Yeah, so we'll be doing the open pro one or at some point see what what's happened here is just to give you a bit of a background into our terrible fucking admin we've told everyone and have gobbed off for months now that we will be doing a high rocks in kind of like march april time but because we didn't actually have the foresight to book it we now can't get on to one yeah they're now all sold out so unless uh, you want to do it in mexico city yeah if anyone's got any high rocks tickets available then doesn't it yeah that's a good good segment actually yeah, so if you do have any High Rocks doubles tickets available, please send them our way uh, for around like late May. I mean, late April time. Yeah, so that'd be that'd be great because, like you say, we can't find one, which is uh, and we have gobbed off about how we are doing one. So yeah, we're gonna have to do it somehow. I'm gonna end up with pie on my face. <laughs> big, right. big cream pie. Yeah, your favourite. That. <laughs> it's one for the parents. Yeah, <laughs> your mom asking your brother what a cream pie is. <laughs> We can only hope that Kath stopped listening at this point. I'm sure she has. 
Yeah. If she hasn't, hello, Kath. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay, we'll leave you. Is that it? That's that's, that's that, all. That's that all we had. It. That's all we had. Okay. So then next week, right? The next <laughs> next week will either be the long anticipated interview of Sir Jim Galvin. Yeah. Or a lifting the lid X-rated Q and A special. Okay, so we've got two planned, which is good. Yeah. We will probably record both of them in the days following this, but for the audience, I'm not sure which one they'll get first. But expect one of them. Well, that's a reason to stay stay tuned, because you don't know which one you're going to get. Exactly. We like to keep you on tend hooks here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, all the usual gubbins. If you haven't fallen asleep, if you <laughs> haven't, uh, then boo. We'll see you uh, next week. On Monday, hopefully.